Join Dennis Seagrave for Den at Ten. Well, hello again. I've been chatting on each week now for a few weeks. Usually things that come into my head at the time I'm getting ready to record. <laughs> I have occasionally noted down things in the week and thought I'll talk about them on Sunday. Then by the time Sunday comes round I've forgotten what I've noted down and I've lost the notes so it doesn't really count. I've talked about loads of stuff over the weeks. I uh, I was wondering what to do this week Then yesterday I was doing some work in the house and I looked up and I saw a photo in the corner on the uh, on the cabinet. It was my daughter's fella's motorbike racing team. We're all there on the photo. People have supported him, people have took part. All in our Team 58 bright blue hoodie sweatshirts. All there on the day at the race meet supporting him. And I thought, well, to be fair, you've talked about yourself, you've talked about things from the past, you've talked about your lad going to the football and doing things with him, but you've never mentioned your daughter. Not to any great extent, anyway. So I thought, well, this week I'd better give her a mention. I suppose, like my son, part of... Her growing up I wasn't there for because of problems with my marriage. But by the time we got to really do things together again, she was a young teen and she'd taken her mother's interest in horses. We'd had a horse years ago that we used to go to the odd local show with and do things with and back around the local villages but uh, after we'd moved into this part of Derbyshire we had to had to sell her and we'd not had one for a few years but uh, my daughter Julia she got in with a, a local farm and had the loan of a horse that was stabled there and she learnt to ride she impressed me she very quickly learnt to be able to jump and get over jumps and I thought yes when she was a youngster I used to take her to a place in Belper Saturday mornings she used to go and have riding lessons and I'd sit in the car for an hour waiting for her to come out listen to things like the Royal, like the news hood lines on the radio so yes she was a little bit accustomed to horse riding Although after a few months there, she suddenly decided one day I don't want to go anymore. I think what they'd done, they'd pushed her beyond her own confidence and they'd tried to get her to do some show jumping and it, it had frightened her and she didn't go. So being able to get back to a horse and ride again obviously came fairly easily to her. I'd forgotten that she'd been to lessons a few years before. But yes, she she said, come down, Dad, and I'll show you what I can do. And I went down to the farm and met her there, and yeah, 
they got some jumps in the field and she went and she was doing a bit of show jumping, showing off, enjoying it. Well, this went on for quite a few weeks that uh, she'd go down and ride the horse and such like. And then the, the daughter from the farm and her decided they'd go happy, hacking through places like Shipley Park and things like that. From the back of this farm they could get onto a trail that led into Shipley Park. It was easy for them to do it. Anyway, after a bit they decided they'd join this local horse club. And every fortnight on a Sunday morning they'd meet up and have a bit of a, a show. Doing a few tests with the horses, Jim Carner type things. They had a bit of a show jumping ring as well. All good fun, all thoroughly enjoyable, she loved it. Well the people at this farm were into motorbike racing as well and they gave my daughter the chance to go with them motorbike testing. She said look come with us it'll give you a bit of a holiday and you can just keep an eye on the younger daughter while we're busy. So she said, yes, I'll do that. So off she went to Spain. Much to my surprise. Anyway, when she was away, we heard that the people who owned this horse as she'd been using wanted to sell it. Well, the thought of Julia coming back to an empty stable and no horse there was a bit too much for us. So we decided we'd buy this horse and then when she came back it was hers. She knew how to look after it, she knew how to stable it, she knew what to do, no problems. And for a few years we had this horse, she loved it, she looked after it, she was down at the stables, she was feeding, getting the hay, mucking out, she was brilliant with it. Really, really good with it. And so it went on, she went to the local show every fortnight. Then after a bit she said, is there a chance we can go to other shows, somewhere a bit different, with different people? So she looked up the paperwork and lo and behold she says, my cousins are in Oriwas and they said, why don't I try Oriwas show? Now my mind went back to things that I've talked about in previous weeks. This huge agricultural show with fox hunter trial show jumping and top people there. Anyway she got the list of what the show jumping was and what the entries were like. And obviously it had downgraded a bit since the days I remembered. So I conceded, I said okay I'll take you down. Went and I had a horse trailer and got it all organised. So we loaded up and I took the horse down there with her sitting alongside me and we got in, parked up amongst the rows of horse trailers and horse boxes. I got the horse out and tied it at the side of the horse trailer, net of hay and everything alongside it, bucket of water. Started grooming it down and sorting it out after its travels and she went to register for the event she wanted to take part in.
Well, we groomed her and sorted the, that's the horse I mean, not Julia. We groomed her and got everything ready, cleaned up all the tackle, got the riding jacket and everything sorted. And then it was just waiting for the announcements of when the events took place. In the meantime, by happy coincidence, I bumped into two or three of my old mates as I'd been in the scouts with or in the scouting band with. We had a chat and an atta, reminisced about old things. Sadly, one of the guys I talked to that day is no longer with us. Even though he was a few years younger than me, we, we lost him a few years back. But I digress. We went through the day quite happily. She came back with a, a rosette for the, the horse, a rosette for an award for best horse and rider, an award for the turnout of the horse. Although I did a bit of the grooming on that, I think I deserve part of that rosette. But so we had an eventful day. She'd got some awards and rosettes from the local riding school club as she went to and did the events with, but these were quite pleasing. We'd been to somewhere that I'd grown up and she'd won trophies. Brilliant. Although I must say that I was disappointed with the show itself. We went back again the following year and she competed again and did well. But the show itself was a mere shadow of what it used to be. No big machinery for sale. No huge marquees with all the various displays and exhibits in. The ring was just a few posts knocked into the ground with a rope round. No huge cattle ties, no cattle pens. There were a few cattle and cows there, but very, very little. It was only really a glorified garden party to look at compared to what we used to do. I was disappointed that it had fallen to such a low degree. But it was well attended, there were people there, the people were enjoying it and that's all that mattered. To them it was a success. Whether it was a case of modern finances and modern farming stuff wasn't applicable to it, I don't know. A few years later, even the Royal Show at Stonely collapsed and was no longer viable. How they managed to let that one slip, I don't know. I used to love going there. But so it was, we, we went on and Julia started her family and moved into a house where it was more difficult to get to look after the horse. In due course, somebody said they were willing to buy her. Now we knew this person well, we knew that the horse would be going to a good home, so we let her go. Then one of Julia's other thoughts came to mind. She'd met up with a guy who was a, a motorbike racer. And of course her thoughts went back to uh, when she was at the farm with these people who raced motorbikes well she took up with him and uh, they now live together 
and he'd got his own bike. Now, years ago, I used to go all over the place watching motorbike racing, watching heroes. The amount of money I spent watching Barry Sheen would have bought a decent house nowadays, but never mind. Anyway, she started saying, oh, we're going to such and such a racetrack and watching him ride, so I started going along and it revived my interest in motorbike racing. In the end, they used to go to the racetrack and then somebody else had come with a van with the bike and the different things in it. People would sleep in the back of the vans and such like. But they met up with people and they were able to borrow a caravan. What they didn't borrow, though, was uh, something to tow the caravan with, so it was a case of, Dad, can you help us? I must admit I was, wasn't too sure, but the regular meetings were at Darley Moor, just outside Ashbourne. That's only about 12 miles away, so not a problem. So every race meet, once a month, I'd hitch up this caravan and zoom off to Darley Moor with it. I must admit, I was enjoying it. I was involved, I was part of the team, and I was going on and off the ground officially, not just paying at the gate on the day. I could zoom in and out with the, my four before and do jobs, go and fetch cans of fuel for them and such like. And I was enjoying it. And that's where it came in that we all bought sweaters with the team logo on it and all the other advertising logos from sponsors did a bit of sponsoring myself and so it went on go down on the Friday morning put up the gazebo for the bike to stand under and have the work done on it set up the caravan and an awning get the barbecue there ready for Friday night's barbecue and so it went on most enjoyable now Julius Feller had been quite a successful rider in his time walk into his front room and he's got cabinets full of different trophies from Mallory Park, Donington Park and different racetracks He's towards the end of his career now and he's doing it mainly for his own enjoyment and his own pleasure because that's what he wants to do. But he's still competitive and he's still in the, the top few riders at each meeting. Did very, very well. He didn't drop the bike in all the first season. Did well the second season. The third year we were with him, he flipped the bike in the warm-up laps in the practice laps the bike was laid up for several months and he was he wasn't seriously injured but he uh, he had to take it steady for a few weeks he was uh, a bit poor on the one leg didn't break it but badly damaged it bruised it and such like but we recovered 
got back just got back in time to get the bike ready and everything geared up for a new season and Covid stopped it so all of last season and what looks like to be most of this season we're not meeting up I don't know where we'll go from here the people that were backing him are still around and we will see if we get going again But all of that was just down to seeing this one photo of the bike racing team there. Made friends with quite a few people over the time we were there, different riders and their partners, different supporters of the riders. And the evenings when we went were quite, quite a happy time really. All go round from place to place in the paddock and each one would have their own way of doing a barbecue or having a few drinks and enjoying the evening together like one big happy family really to track like that did go a couple of times with him to Mallory Park which wasn't quite the same all on a tarmac area in the middle of the track and not in this grassed area at the side of the track like Darley Moor. Less chance for people to get into the area amongst where all the riders and their caravans were. I went to Darley Moor a time or two with my own caravan and parked in the visitors part of the caravan area and thoroughly enjoyed it. Mallory apparently doesn't have those sort of facilities. I had to go down in my car, park up and then walk into the area to see them at their caravan. Enjoyable though, nonetheless. Good days racing on each occasion. Interesting. I always said if he started putting names on the different sweatshirts they were getting for the supporters, I wanted transport technician on the back of mine. I was the one that got the caravans there at first. I was the one that went and got different bits and pieces they required. But as time progressed, they got their own van. Put the motorbike and the tools and all the kit in the back of the van and towed the caravan with that. They've done well. They set themselves up very well. Just such a shame that after all the hard work to get the team together, we can't do anything with it because of this virus. But we live in hopes that everything will sort itself out and we'll get back there and we'll, we'll start again and have another go. Well, that's made me happier now that I've included my daughter in my thoughts and what I'm chatting about. I haven't neglected her now, I've included her. Strange how different things happen during the week and it makes you think of where you're going to go next or what you're going to talk about next. I said to Elaine before I came out to do this, do you know, while I was doing some work earlier on I thought of a smashing thing to talk about and I've totally forgotten what it was. Never mind, it'll come back to me and I'll, I'll lob it in another time. 
but that's how it goes. You forget things, different things happen. The unexpected happens. <laughs> unexpected. A couple of years ago, for some flukish reason, Burton Albion had got through to the semi-finals of the what used to be called the League Cup. And we were drawn against Manchester City in the semi-final. Got to go there, we said. Got to go there. Get some tickets for that one. So we got tickets and tickets for the coach. Easy to go on the coach than try and drive and try and park. Just jump on the jump on the coach at the Pirelli Stadium and get off when we get to Manchester City. Well, we all got on the coaches. Quite a quite a fleet of coaches went up actually. The demand for the game was nearly as good as when we played Manchester United in the FA Cup. 2005 was it 2006 when there was a whole fleet of coaches going to Manchester United with taking the biggest away crowd they'd ever had which is weird really because the Pirelli Stadium any old 6,000 when it's full but nearly 12,000 went to Old Trafford where did they all come from anyway I digress so we all jumped on the coaches and different ones set off. Quite a few actually set off before we did, although we were classed as coach too. Anyway, we started off and we went over towards Stoke to get onto the motorway. We got part way there and to Stoke that is. And there came a thing over the radio that the motorway was closed. Oh, well, we'll be all right. The driver says, I'll find a way around it, don't worry. So we got up to the junction at, is it Junction 15? And instead of going for Junction 15 at the last roundabout, he turned right and went through the outskirts of Stoke and cut across all over the place. But we were getting phone messages from the other coaches. We're stopped on the motorway. We're not moving. There's a big hold-up, a police incident. Well, we knew that we were cutting it fine because we'd come off the motorway and we're going through the suburbs at a very slow rate that time was running out for us. And because the motorway was closed, all these side roads were congested. And time was ticking on and time was ticking on. The people on these coaches on the motorway were saying, we're still stuck, we're stopped, we're not moving. And we were looking at our watches and thinking, well, we're only at so-and-so yet, we've only got half an hour to get to the ground. And so it went on. We got to the ground and parked up in the coach park. Zoomed across the car park showed us tickets, did all the rigmarole of trying to get into the ground like you do now. Have you got any liquids? Have you got this? Have you got that? Sorted it all out anyway. Going up this several flights of stairs to get to where our seats were in the ground. Running up them because we knew we were running very, very late. My son and his mate saying, slow down, Dad, we can't keep up and gasping for breath. And I'm thinking, that can give you 30 years and I can still beat you up here. 
obviously his football days are behind him now, or else he'd have beat me up the stairs in no time at all. Anyway, we got through into the through the last archway and onto the seating area just as the teams were coming out to start the game. But we looked down in front of us and at the side of us and there were many empty seats. Several of the coaches, I think, didn't get there at all and a lot more were late. It was a bad night all round, really. The ones who didn't get there so were saved from a 9-0 thrashing by... Manchester City. It was a brilliant night out, it was going to a big ground, seeing how these big teams manage and what they do. But for the result, it was a disappointment. A few goals less than nine would have been good. But for the experience and getting there was great. But for those poor people who had paid good money to go and watch the game and then couldn't get there because of some incident on the motorway, it was a great shame. But you take your risk when you try and travel to places. Anyway, I think that's it for this week. I'll try and find something to talk about for next week. And I'll talk to you then. Ta-da for now.